It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.07 on a Saturday morning, 73 degrees outside. This is Wal- this is Lawn and Garden. I am Walter Reeves. Get the order straightened out here. And we're here to answer your garden questions, any kind of garden question you have. If you're a beginner, that's great. If you don't know the name of your plant, that's fine. We'll figure it out. If you don't know how to pronounce the name of your plant, that's fine, too. I don't care. This is basically the place that you can come with any kind of question you have in your mind. If it is green... If it photosynthesizes, then you could ask if you have a question about that thing. Or if it has six legs or eight legs, you could ask about that. Or no legs, you could ask about snakes if you care to. Here's the phone number, 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750. Or if you have a Twitter account, just ask a question and put hashtag AskWalter. At the end of the beginning of the question, we'll answer it on the air. Ashley has a couple of Twitter questions for us right now, as a matter of fact. We sure do. Billy used the hashtag, AskWalter, said hollyhocks. They're tall and they're blooming, and there's lots of rust-looking pits all over the leaves. They're worse at the bottom. Help. As soon as you said hollyhocks, I thought, he's got rust. <laughs> that is the most noticeable problem that hollyhocks ever have, is those orange little dots that'll cover the leaves. They'll start at the bottom, actually, and go all the way from the bottom to the top in about three weeks. And man, it makes those hollyhocks ugly. The flowers are gorgeous, but phew, if the rust gets on your hollyhocks, you're in big trouble. And the only thing that I can suggest is to put... <sighs> Put it on the calendar next year when the hollyhocks are first planted or when they first come out of the ground from seed, when they're just three or four inches tall, spray them with some sort of fungicide. Dacanil is so easy to get, easy to use, a little red bottle with a spray thing on the end of it. Get some Dacanil, spray the leaves with the fungicide, and prevent the rust from getting started. But boy, once it's on the plant, it's almost impossible to keep things at bay. So Tell, tell this man, this uh, Twitter person, that Dacanil early is the best they can do. Right now, nothing. Billy will be happy. Thank Billy. you. All right. Next year, though, that's when he does the prevention. Next year, when they're little bitty plants. Anything else? I can't toggle to the other. Qu- oh, well, okay. Yeah, no, I kind of remember it. Sue from yeah. Alpharetta oh, right. the blueberry said um, blueberry bushes are about eight feet tall. Mm-hmm. So when to start thinking about pruning them back? Oh, when the leaves are gone. She could conceivably do it right after uh, fruiting has finished, but honestly, many times I think it's better for the health of most plants to wait till the leaves are gone, and that way they go through the wintertime not thinking about much of anything, but when the spring comes, they sort of know what they have to work with as far as the bulk of the above-ground part of the plant. So if Sue just is in a tight place and needs to get it down because it's blocking the view of a window, yeah, after the blueberries have fruited, then go ahead and and take it down then, but better would probably be November, that's what I'm guessing. And what if you have some of the canes or the limbs that just didn't have any leaves on them, you know, this season, go ahead and cut them out? Uh, you know, it'd be my intention to go ahead and cut them out myself. If they're not doing anything for me and don't have leaves on them right now, they're not going to do much next year either. Thank you. There we go. And that leads me to an observation that I made just this past week at a friend's house, and I know the history of this landscape. She planted a blueberry 
one, two, three, four, about eight or nine years ago, I guess now, next to the next to the side of the house. And then four years ago, there was another set, and I got these Ocloxy blueberries and planted them, or saw her plant them there in front of her house. And then there was another blueberry by the driveway that was planted about six years ago. I don't know what variety it is. But what is remarkable about these three sets of blueberries, one by the house, one by the street, one by the driveway, is they're so different in their fruiting period which proves to me the first, the one by the house, it was loaded with big blueberries this year, starting in early to mid-June, just covered in blueberries. The ones by the street, the Ocloknies, and I know what variety they are, they were covered in blueberries starting around the 1st of July, and they're just petering out now, one or two or three maybe left on it. And I saw as I drove by last night, the one by the driveway, covered in little pink blueberries that are just getting ready to turn blue and ripen. So if you get the right varieties of rabbit-eye blueberries, these are all rabbit-eye-type blueberries, but if you get the right varieties, you can have blueberries all the way from the 1st of June in through easily the middle of August, two and a half months of blueberry happiness. All you have to do is get the right varieties. Where do you find the right varieties? You go to my website. You go to WalterReeves.com. Type the word blueberry. And it takes you to my blueberry page. It gives you the ones that give the best fruit, the ones that bloom early, bloom late, bloom middle, bloom in the middle of the summertime. And you can find out which ones you can plant. Go to a nursery and say, when will you have your blueberries in? Most of the nurseries have sold most of the spring crops. And they won't have them in until mm, August, September, October, which is a great time to plant blueberries and get prepared for that. And then you can have blueberries all summer long, almost two and a half months of blueberries that I've observed myself. Let's go to the phones. Go-Go is in Marietta, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Go-Go, good morning. Hi there. Hey. Um, I have irises that I brought from South Georgia from my grandmother and my mother's homes yes. years ago, like 30 years ago. And this now they're for the first time they're brown and spotted um, a lot of them at the tops and hmm. I've never had them do that they've always looked Art Deco you know even when they're not <laughs> blooming and they were beautiful so do I I don't know what to do do I cut them back do, is it too late to do that or they won't bloom next year or is there something I can put on them to make them healthy I, I don't know the so Irish never, problems that I have had. Mostly, the, you said there's spots, right, Gogo? Just little spots on the leaves? Yeah, on the spots. Tips. They're like, and they're brown. Go out with a bucket and a pair of scissors and turn the bucket upside down and sit on it and just scissor out the spots and the brown tips of the leaves and any brown part of the leaf that you see. Okay. And try to collect as much of that material, that infected material, as you can and put it in a little bag or something by your side and remove it from the iris bed, but don't just wholesale cut off all the green leaves of the irises, even though they have brown spot here, brown spot there. Try to just excise the damage and take it out of the out of the uh, bed. And I don't think you necessarily will need to spray much of anything. I rarely have problems with the spots on the leaves. It's more often shade, bad problem with shade in the last couple of years with my iris beds. Um, iris borers got into them about 10 years ago and I had to dig them all up and cut the roots apart and get all the borers out of my iris roots, but rarely any disease on them and I think just scissoring out is the best you can do. Okay. Well, uh, there's a gardenia that's next to them and I noticed about a month ago that it had like some tiny, teeny little white bugs flying and I thought yeah. maybe that got into the but they were teeny tiny. They teeny. weren't like what you see 
and that stay on them, you can see a bug. It's just if you touched it, it they yeah, flew out. White flies, gardenia white fly. That's exactly what gardenia white fly looks like. You touch it, and poof, they all come uh-huh. up off the gardenia. Uh, for that, the boy, I have wiped them out, and they have been wiped out on this gardenia for now one, two, three years, with one application. And I waited till after the gardenia had finished blooming, so I had no effect on pollinators that were visiting the flowers. Okay. But I used the bare tree and shrub drench, and I put that down after the flowers had dropped off of it. And mm-hmm. for three years, I had zero white flies on those gardenias. Okay. And it's Bayer... B-A-Y-E-R, Bayer okay. Tree and Shrub. Okay. I will do that, and I'll thank you kindly. Works like a charm. The other thing that Bayer Tree and Shrub could be used for right now, and there's another product called uh, the Bonide Systemic Granules. You get Bonide, makes a different product, but it has the same chemical in it. But both of those could be used now on um, azaleas that have lace book. And this is a real common problem in the middle of the summer. If you go to look at your azalea leaves, mm-hmm. and they're just dotted, just speckled all over the speckles on the leaves, and you turn them over, and the backside has lots of little black dots on them. That's azalea lace bug. And they're another insect that can be, can be controlled very easily with a systemic insecticide with a little bit of thought about when to put it down so it doesn't get into the flowers and hurt the pollinators. So... Systemics can be done right now after the flowering for the spring flowering shrubs and uh, do a great job. Perfect. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Be uh-huh. be good with it, Go-Go. We'll see you soon. All righty. All right. Bye. We got John on the line. Just if you have a quick question, John, I think we can get you in before the end of this break. Go ahead. I do. I just have a magnolia tree in my backyard, and it's shade, and it's killed everything up under it. Yeah. And I've got an erosion problem now, so I was wanting to know if there was a type of grass that I could plant that would take shade 24 hours a day. No. Oh, man. That's one fast, quick, two-letter word, and the answer is under a magnolia. Magnolias are famous for nothing will grow under a magnolia. There's no grass in this world that's going to grow underneath it. Well, my second second question was, uh, am I going to have to cut that sucker down in order to to solve this problem. No, leave it there if it's not in, you know, encroaching in the front of the house or something like that. You can grow monkey grass pretty well. You know, monkey grass, lyrio, people call it sometimes. Right. But monkey grass will grow pretty well. It'll be a little thin, but it'll grow underneath the magnolia reasonably well. It'll give you a little bit of a grassy look underneath there, but there's no mowable turf grass, Bermuda, fescue, okay. any of that stuff. New Surrey Bobcat. Is it just because it's under a magnolia, or is it because of the shade? Shade. Grass eats okay. sunshine, and if it doesn't have any sunshine, okay. it has nothing to eat. Yeah, you're right. It's nothing but dirt. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, you know, the other prescription for you, John? What's two that? bales of pine straw. <laughs> just get two yeah. bales of pine straw, scatter it yeah. under the magnolia yeah, tree, and let that. That. My, that may be my only solution, but yeah. thank you. I appreciate it. You bet, man. We'll see you soon. Okay. All right, 718 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the Lawn and Garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Going to be a little cooler today than it was yesterday. High today of 87. Not much chance of rain, of course. 
Overnight lows in the 60s tomorrow, highs in the 87 again, low 66. Less humid tomorrow, so a little more comfortable to be outside. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. A few minutes ago, our engineer, Jason Byer, said, you know, George Clinton, Bootsy Collins, and Grady Thomas are three of the coolest cats in the world. Guess who we've got on the line right now? Brother Grady Thomas. Hey, Grady, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> well, my friend, it is always a surprise to know who listens to the Lawn and Garden show, but to find you here is pretty surprising yeah, well, this morning. Know, this is that's one of my best channels, period. Oh, great. And, and, but it's just, it, that just shocked the heck out of me because <laughs> I just got up and walked into my van getting ready to take off yeah. to get my day started. And I turned the key switch on, and all I heard was the last part of our song, and you saying talking about us. Yeah. I said, whoa! I'm surprised on on a lawn and garden show. That really Yeah, but <laughs> you got Jason Byers here, who has music knowledge at his fingertips that you and I would not have. And <laughs> when I said, who is that going, ah, like the beginning, he said, I figured you needed a little Parliament Funkadelic this morning. And I thought, well, all right, I do need it. I guess I do. Thank you. All right. So that's why I would start. Who, who started that, that particular song, Grady? It started, ah, like that. <laughs> was it you? Was it somebody else? Yeah, we all started that step on stage. Right. <laughs> and you and you started um, doing your dance and shimmying your shake and doing all the other things that Parliament Funkadelic did. So you're here in Atlanta now, Grady. I don't think I knew oh, that. yeah, I've been living here for, what, 35, 40 years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the band, y'all, you started the band. You were part of the original three, I yeah, think, of the one, band. Yeah, from Conception. <laughs> wow. Where where did you first uh, perform, Grady? Uh, I think we first performed, it was at the, uh, with the, uh, the theater, across, uh, the hotel, across uh-huh. from the, the theater downtown, uh, what would that have been? The Roxy, the Lowe's, the Lowe's Grand, the old uh, downtown, the Atlanta Auditorium, uh, all you sorts know, of other places. The something ballroom. Uh-huh. Uh, what's the name of that ballroom? Yeah, all I can remember now is the electric ballroom yeah. downtown. Uh, hmm. You know, the theater is still open. The Fox, you mean? Yeah, the Fox. Oh, the Fox. Oh, man. Yeah. And that, that hotel across the street. Right, sure. The dome, the Georgia Dome. Sure, sure, sure. No, not the dome. Yeah, but that's, that's one of the first places we played here. And that's when I fell in love with Georgia. And went and, went and became superstars and decided to stay. Well, I'm glad. Where did you oh, grow yeah. up? I don't have about 30 yeah. seconds. So where did you grow up, Grady? Hey, that's what I was going to say. Being that I grew up in... In, in Newark, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and uh, when I got down here, boy, I had to, I had to ask uh, somebody. You know, I've seen this stuff growing, and I asked somebody, said, "What is that?" And he, somebody said, "That's grass." I said, "Oh, okay." And I said, "What's that tall thing? That's a tree." Yo, oh. all I ever knew was concrete and bricks, so to speak. New Jersey, <laughs> you know? New Jersey. So, uh, so, uh, let just see. Wow. I started moving around here and. And we started coming back, playing somewhere everywhere. And next yeah. thing I knew, hey, I, we had, I said, I had to move here. This is the place for me. <laughs> Grady, it's wonderful talking to you. If you, should, if you should have a garden question, you know who will be happy to answer your garden question for you. It's wonderful to talk to you this morning. 
Anything, anything. You know I will. Anything. Drive safely, my friend. We'll see you soon. Okay. Yes, All right. Thank you. Thanks, Grady. Grady Thomas, Parliament yeah. Funkadelic. He is the man. One of the three coolest cats in the universe. It's 729. We'll be back tomorrow Lawn and Garden after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.36 on a Saturday morning, 73 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to help you be more successful. All you have to do if you're not successful is ask a question of somebody who has a chance anyway of knowing what they're talking about. And I have a chance at knowing what you have, what your problem is, and how to solve it in a way that's environmentally appropriate and based by science and tempered by a little bit of experience on my part. And all you have to do is call me at 404-872-0750. Or if you're on Twitter, you can ask questions. Just hashtag AskWalter, and Ashley will pick it up and read it over to me. We'll find out what you need. We've got James on the line in Buford. Hey, James. Morning. Morning, Walter. Hey, James. What's up? I am a uh, first-time plant grower, and I have planted a Peter plant from a seed. A Peter pepper? Uh, a Peter pepper, yes. Yeah, got it. The Peter Pepper plant is about a foot and a half tall now, and it's starting to flower, but I don't see any sign of the fruit. And I'm wondering, what's the process, and, and how long should I wait? And am I even going to get anything? Uh, go away on vacation for about five or six days, come back, and there will be little bitty fruits appearing under where those flowers are. So the flowers will drop off, and then the fruit will come? Yeah, and it's, you're just a little earlier. You're waiting and anticipating and thinking, oh, it's got to happen, got to happen, got to happen now. Okay. If they're blooming, it's going to happen. You're going to have little peppers coming on, on the plant. And do I need to be putting any type of fertilizer or anything on that to uh, help mm, let the plant me think. out? Did you fertilize when you planted with anything? I did not. I used the uh, miracle Grow potting soil. Yeah, and did it have some fertilizer in the potting soil already? It did, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Don't over-fertilize. Don't think that you can make a nine-foot-tall pepper plant by adding more and more and more of the miracle Grow. But if you had some miracle Grow, you could use that. Or if you had some, oh, holly-toned, slow garden fertilizer, you could use that. There's lots of things you could use, but just make sure it gets a little bit of nitrogen, too ease itself along. Peppers don't require a lot of feeding, so it's not like you have to feed them every week or anything, but I think you're very much encouraged in the final in the final harvest. If you've got flowers, that's what that pepper plant wants to have, is make some fruit. You just have to be patient and wait for it to come. That sounds great. Thank uh, you. Appreciate you it. Nothing to it. Thanks for calling, James. Uh-huh. We've got David and Tucker. Hey, David. Good morning. Hi. Um, <clears throat> our uh, Periodical, uh, well, perennial hyacinths viable around here. So I'm hearing really mixed uh, information on that. Wait, 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 wait. Periodical hyacinths, or periodical hibiscus, periodical or perennial? Which 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 perennial I, are we talking about? Hibiscus. That's uh, I always get those swapped out. Yeah, hibiscus. The H words they confuse us, don't they? Okay, now the H words hibiscus. Yeah, what about it? Um, well, I've heard a lot of mixed information on whether they're particularly viable here. Yeah. Uh, 
And if they are viable, do you have any tips for keeping them viable? Well, near to you, um, on Lawrenceville Highway, I know of a scarlet hibiscus, perennial hibiscus. It's been there for six years, blooming just fine. On, did you do, do somewhere between, it's back in, what I can't remember the name of the, 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 the little estates that I go through sometimes going to Home Depot, but there are some big, great big of the dinner plate swamp hibiscus, that, pink ones, that have been blooming there for at least three years. They do fine, or have so far been doing fine. Rose of Sharon is like a weed, and it grows enormously fine, like a weed sometimes. My neighbors had that for 10, 20 years now. I think you're listening to the wrong people, David. There's, uh, I think, plenty of opportunity for at least scarlet hibiscus, the swamp hibiscus, and for the Rose of Sharon hibiscus, for you to have some hibiscus in your garden without any worries. Oh, okay. Anything special? I know they're pretty much water gluttonous. Not water gluttons. It's simply they tolerate water. Um, they tolerate more water. They don't like particularly to be in heavy or in, in uh, real sandy soil. Though the Rose of Sharon will grow in sandy soil very nicely, because I remember seeing some down at the beach uh, not long ago. So uh, I think in just normal Tucker soil, you'll be fine. Just go find one in a nursery that's blooming so you get the right color and the one you want. And um, plant it. There's one with purple leaves on it called Purple Passion, Purple Something, Purple Queen, Purple Something or Other, that I've had for five or six years. And the biggest thing on it is, of course, die back in the wintertime. You know this, David. The stems will die back completely in the wintertime. And they're slow to come back. They wait till at least the last part of April, first week in May sometimes, before the real new growth comes on it. But once that new growth comes, boom, 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 you got hibiscus blooms for the next three months sometimes. Oh, wow. So <clears throat> now they're going to, they're going to bloom uh, about what, what month to start? Mm, my purple one, I think, was blooming around the middle of May. First little bud and bloom came in the middle of May, and it's been blooming off and on ever since. Oh, that early? Okay, yeah. I thought they were a little, little more midsummer here. I know there was another scarlet. The, the scarlet hibiscus that I have in mind right now is the one that used to. There's a sign if you go to Ponce de Leon from Atlanta to Decatur, there used to be maybe there still is a sign that says Atlanta City Limits, a little square rectangular sign, wooden, right there by the Ponce de Leon. And there used to be a scarlet hibiscus growing beside that sign. And one of the notable things about scarlet hibiscus is the leaves look exactly like marijuana. And I would get a call a year from somebody saying, there is that marijuana plant that's growing out there between Decatur and Atlanta. Can you believe that? And I would have to point out, nah, that is scarlet hibiscus. That's what uh, it is. Okay, thank you, Walter. All right, David. Good talking to you. See you soon. Yeah, there are other plants that look a lot like marijuana, too. Uh, one, uh, the Vitex, just is finished blooming, pretty well finished blooming right now, but the Vitex looks like marijuana. Okra, a lot of okra varieties look a lot like marijuana, too. And, of course, there's just plain old marijuana that some people grow, and, well, you know what the leaves look like there. Karen is in Marietta, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Karen, good morning. Hey, Walter, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How can I help? Okay, I have a monster pine tree that obscures the view of the house. Okay. And I'm guessing it's 40, 45 feet tall. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering, in my imagination, I think about cutting 
the top maybe 10 or 15 feet off and then trimming it down all the way around so Mm -hmm. it keeps the same shape but is just much smaller. And I'm going, can I do that? Do you know what kind of pine it is specifically, Karen? It looks like a big Christmas tree. That's better than better than it could be. The <laughs> loblolly lob pine is the one that has needles about five inches long, comes in groups of three. And no, loblolly, typically, I don't think you're going to be successful. Cutting out the top and the rest of it's going to thin out and die. Boom, you got a dead pine tree. Mm-hmm. But the white pines and short needle pine, which look more Christmas tree-like, which I'm imagining you have one of those, are much more adaptable to pruning. In fact, both of them are used as Christmas trees. They're sheared twice a year to get them into the Christmas tree shape before they're sold. So, again, though, this is a big tree. This is not a little bitty tree in a Christmas tree field that somebody's been caring for for a couple, three years. If you found a company who specializes, who has somebody on staff that really knows their conifers and knew how to prune the pine tree, yes, I think you probably could. I'd give you reasonably good odds at being successful. On the other hand, if you get some people out there who charge you know, $10 an hour and they will cut it down here, 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 and they're gone in 30 minutes, I think that one's going to be a dead pine tree in five years. So this so. would not be something for me to ask my son. Yeah, you know, darling, would you climb up into the top of that tree and cut it off? I don't off? think I would do that. No, I would not, Mr. <laughs> Karen. I don't think my son, my son or your son, for that matter, would be good pine tree cutter toppers. No, we need a professional to come and look at it and see what what it thinks it can do. Okay. Cool. All right, but if There's you need a list more. of arborists of people who are likely to know what they're talking about, there are a bunch of International Society of Arboriculture. Certified Arborists is what they're called, and okay. they list themselves on a website here in Georgia called georgiaarborist.org. Okay. And if you go look there, you can see a whole list of people and their various specialties and what they do. Call them up and say, hey, would you prune my pine tree? And they'll tell you whether they could or can. Can't. Fantastic. All right. Georgia Arborist. Georgiaarborist.org. .org. Okay. Okay, then. And now your son is safe and somebody else can take the liability. <laughs> safe plan. for another day or another tree. project. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Karen. Oh, thank you, Walter. All right, we'll see you. George is in Dahlonega, Georgia, way up in North Georgia. Let's talk to George for a few minutes here. Hey, George, good morning. Hi, Walter. Hey. Um, two things. Um, I want to thank you for the hack you gave last week about the uh, killing the wasp. Yeah. Yeah. I I tried that and it worked. They're all dead in twelve hours. Yeah, a little seven dust and boom, they're dead. Yeah. Yeah, and I used to try putting shovelfuls of dirt on top of them, but they could dig through that sure stuff in no time. Yeah. I think they have little tiny front end loaders. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask: uh, Is it time now to plant a crepe myrtle up here? You know what? I think now is not the best time to plant it in one sense because it's hot and you have to attend to watering and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it's the perfect time to plant if you have a particular color in mind because they're blooming right now. Most of the nurseries that have crepe myrtles will go, you see them in bloom, see mm-hmm. that particular pink or the particular purple or the white or whatever. Right. And I think that's important because my neighbor has two crepe myrtles right behind his um, bay window in his kitchen mm-hmm. and both of them have the exact same tag on them one is perfectly purple and one is perfectly white same <laughs> tag on them 
And I think Gus planted those in the wintertime. So without flowers, you're not guaranteed to a color. But now I think if you're not planning on going in any trips, George, yeah, I'd plant mine now just to know what color I'm be sure I'm going to get. Okay, great. All right. Thanks, Walter. Nothing to it. Thanks right. for calling. Bye-bye. It's 747. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today, the high is only 87 degrees overnight, low around 66, 67. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, no rain forecast for either day. And it'll be the same thing, about 87, 88, maybe an 80, 66, 67 overnight. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And Ashley Frasco is thinking of a number between 2 and 7 who will determine who wins, who wins a pair of tickets to see Lionel Richie and special guest Mariah Carey on August 13th at Infinite Energy Arena. Lionel Richie, Mariah Carey, August 13th. If you're free on that day, Ashley, what caller? Caller number four. The fourth caller to our contest line, 404-741-0750. 404-741-0750. Fourth caller to our contest line gets to see Lionel Richie and Mariah Carey. It's 7.55. Let's go to Jennifer. Jennifer is in Johns Creek and joins us. Hey, Jennifer. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How can I help, Jennifer? I have two. My my home's only three years old, um, so these are fairly new trees. But I have two fringe trees in the front of my house, mm-hmm. and my landscaper thinks it's black knot. Um, the, a lot of the joints where the limbs come together, yeah. um, it's kind of looks like a pine cone, and then the limb dies, and so we've had to trim them, and they just look horrible. Really? So I think I'm going to have to get rid of both of them. Now, wait a minute. Um, wait, let's make sure we got the right tree. There's okay. a disease called black knot, yes, that gets on uh, plum trees, mostly p- plums right. and Right, plum and cherry is what yeah. someone told me. And yeah. then fringe trees... You're talking about Grancy Greybeard, Kynanthus, the one that has the little white flowers that look like a beard. Is that what right. we're talking about? In the early spring. Yeah. Right. And, and they have yeah. knots on the limbs? Come on, Jennifer. It, well, they're like, it looks like a little pine cone thing. Yeah. I don't know. Is yeah. that how they're supposed to Ooh, I may get the opportunity to learn something today. This will be fun. Um, rather than go back and forth with your description, I need a picture. I can do that. I've taken, you, I've taken pictures and I've sent them to different people, and no one can give me an answer. Yeah, well, what you, it is. you're you're at the the stop. The buck is going to stop here. I would love to see some pictures. My, you can either do it by just emailing me, georgiagardener at yahoo.com. That's probably the easiest thing to do, honestly, because that's where I'll get the pictures quicker, quickest. So, georgiagardener at yahoo.com. Take okay. two, two or three or four interesting in focus, hopefully, close up and a little bit far away so I can see how it looks on the whole tree. Jennifer, we will figure it out. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds great. I, I was thinking I needed to get rid of them, and I was wondering if I needed to treat the soil before I yeah. replanted something. Right. Until we know um, what it is, we don't know what to do. So let's okay. get it diagnosed first. Okay. All right. Well, I'll send you those pictures. Thanks so much. I look forward All to right. getting them later today. All right. I'll do it. Thank All you. Right. Have sure, a good day. Jennifer.
Again, my email address is georgiagardner at yahoo.com. If you have a particular picture of something you think is really weird, don't send me the common stuff. Don't send me pictures of spots in your lawn that I have no idea what's going on. But if you have something weird, ooh, I love those weird pictures. It's our phone number for Lawn and Garden is 404 872 We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden afternoons. news.